0: Dragon the Peg is recorded in Treaty 1 territory, the traditional territory of the Anishinaabeg, Cree, Oji-Cree, Dakota, and Dene peoples, and on the homeland of the Métis Nation. Now,
1: welcome to the stage, a
0: queen that definitely isn't Italian, Ruby Thompson! Welcome to Drag in the Peg, a podcast series exploring the lives and careers of drag performers living in Winnipeg, Canada. My name is Graham Huson, and I'll be your host. In the previous episode, I mentioned Satina Loren was one of the first queens that I ever met, but the subject of this episode was my very first point of entry into our drag scene. She made her debut around a year ago, and I was amazed by her confidence, beauty, and stage presence. New though she may be, this guest has become an absolute staple in our city's drag community, not to mention one of my very closest friends. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome a child of both the House of Bath and the L'Amour Coven, as well as my drag auntie, Ruby Chopsticks.
1: I'm Alex Newen, also known as Ruby Chopsticks, or Ruby, or Rubes, or as Peppermint calls me, Ribs. So... (laughs) I am an Asian drag queen, I kind of princessy, Ariana, Beyonce, no, more <laughs> like Ariana, an Asian Ariana, I guess you could say. I'm part of the creative communications program, I'm trying to be a film student, yeah. sort of, I think. I don't know what's really going to happen, but I'm an Aquarius, I love to eat, I love Asian people, I love Asian food.
0: <laughs> You're an Aquarius. I am. You're an air sign. I
1: Oh, yes, yes. I was like, no, I'm a water sign.
0: Which, uh, confusing, because, yeah. like, you'd think.
1: Yeah. literally has aqua in it, but it's fine. You yeah, know what? Shenanigans. It's Pisces okay. snatched that right away from me. Pisces?
0: Yeah, because Pisces is right next to Aquarius. They couldn't have two water signs right next to each other. Couldn't possibly. Pisces is a fish.
1: What? Yeah. Oh, that... Okay. That I think that's c- why. Oh, that makes sense. I'm like, what? I don't know <laughs> anything about zodiac signs. I learned it from everybody else besides me. They're just like... Like, my coworker. yeah, she talked a lot about zodiac signs i'm like okay great yeah horoscopes
0: cool. there's something um mysterious about them that's a little bit inaccessible mm-hmm. i don't there's just so much into it i don't get it
1: yeah some people know a lot and i'm like okay cool you really read me didn't you <laughs> like one time somebody was reading uh just like attributes of uh, an aquarius and he was like yeah you know what this is all true i'm reading you i'm like Great. Oh my And it was like God. the bad qualities. I'm like, love it. Thank honey. you. Yeah. It's like, honey, I'm just here to eat sushi and not get read by a Zodiac sign. <laughs> yes.
0: So you mentioned that you are in Asian drag queen specifically. Yes. And I want to talk a little bit about that because of the queens in Winnipeg, it seems like they're mostly white yeah. and or
1: indigenous. White. Yeah. White. No, it's, it's, I think that I only know two other uh, Asian drag queens in the city. Uh, one's my drag sister, Lucy Lou. if I remember her name, and then Lucy S- Lou's her name. Yeah, I think it's Lucy. Lou.
0: Oh, Lucy Lube, with a B, isn't it? Is it with it? A- I think so. Like Lucy. Lube. I've
1: never met her, but oh, that makes more sense. Yeah, that makes more <laughs> sense. Yeah, 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 yeah. Can't say Lucy. Actually, Lube. just
0: I yeah. just tied the strings between those two. Lucy Lou, Lucy Lube. Oh, maybe? really? Oh, that's I thought so it was. Funny.
1: I always thought it was Lucy Lou. and I'm like, how can you do that? Because it's a real person's <laughs> name. And then Sl- Slay Slaytana. Slaytana is the other Asian drag queen. Slaytana. Yeah. yeah. I don't know what hell she's in, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm one of the few Asian queens, which I really appreciate during that just cause I don't know. I don't see a lot of Asian drag queens around mm. and I don't know. It feels nice to just like be that Asian drag queen, I guess. Yeah. Uh, during PTE, which is like Prairie Theater Exchange, Prairie Sky was talking to me and she was like, Oh, like I really, I'm, I really am happy that you didn't erase your face mm-hmm. and like, basically embraced who you are and like you like embraced your Asianness basically because mm-hmm. i know some drag queens do kind of like erase their face and change it completely but i know for me i decided earlier on that like no i want to make sure that people know i'm asian that people know i'm vietnamese or whatever just because i think i just want people to especially like asian youth i just want them to know like you know you can do anything mm-hmm. you can be do this and still be proud of who you are because as a kid i didn't i didn't feel proud of who i was so Lots of that. <laughs> that's
0: really interesting because I think that the way that like a lot of queens paint, at least that I've seen, seems to kind of follow like a European standard of beauty. Mm-hmm. You know, with it's... like a really slim nose. Yeah. And so I, I do think that's really, really interesting that you paint kind of with your face.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've, I agree with you. Like I've especially like learning from youtube or just kind of watching other people because mm-hmm. like the majority of drag queens in the world it's uh, relatively like european looking very like white so mm-hmm. it's kind of hard to find any other ones even though there are I'm not saying there isn't but mm-hmm. yeah like if you watch youtube videos and see, watch on instagram it's almost the same in a way like it's just like the same kind of features where it's just like yeah as you said skinny nose and kind mm-hmm. of the same kind of m- eye, I guess you can say. Yeah, totally. Like creased iron or whatever. But yeah, I've like when I first started, I kind of painted well, I don't know how I painted. I just kind of did it and just like hope for the best. But now I'm kind of just embracing like how my natural face is. Like I've had people paint my face and it's hard mm-hmm. and I kind of look like them, which is mostly white. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, but now I've learned how to like make my eye look better because I'm monolith, so it's really hard and just make sure that I don't erase the features because i've also saw, i also see some people who paint a little lighter but i kind of paint for my actual skin tone so yeah i like that i i'm trying to in the future get more outfits where it's more visible that this is who i am
0: yeah yeah, yeah i i love um specifically prairie sky really really embraces and incorporates her indigenous heritage mm-hmm. into her performance and i think that's so crazy cool uh, i
1: love that it's just like it's just it's just welcoming to see something like that especially if you're a kid and you're like wow like i can do this and i cannot i can be who i want to be which i think is drag cuz you should you should be able to do basically whatever you want and it, honestly like you shouldn't be afraid to do certain things and i think maybe in the past that was kind of frowned upon but now it's just so many different drag queens and so many different styles and looks like you it's hard to find two of the same people mm-hmm. like you can find similar people but it's just completely, completely different.
0: Yeah. yeah, and you were, you were kind of talking about um, being a little bit ashamed of your Vietnameseness mm-hmm. a little bit before
1: it. Tell me a little bit yeah. about that. It's just like in the media, especially as a kid, and then hmm. like twenty years ago, no, twenty-one. That's like, I'm, anyways, it was like in like the early 2000s, whatever, like way back then. We like I didn't see a lot of Asian people on screen, and it was just kind of sad like i at, at the time i didn't think too much about it because you were kids so you don't really have too much of an opinion mm-hmm. so just re like recently i realized that okay this actually really messed with my head because seeing s- all white people seeing very attractive men seeing all, like no people of color was just kind of scary because it was it was i couldn't find anybody to look up to or relate to. Like, I I tried so hard to relate to all these people. I'm like, okay, like, that's totally what it is. Like, that's... I I totally get it. But then recently, I realized how it was just not that. Like, I didn't actually relate. Like, watching Crazy Rich Asians, which just came out, like, a couple weeks ago, last week. Mm -hmm. I just realized how I hated what I looked like. I did not think Asians were attractive. I, like, didn't... I was like, no, like, I'm not attractive. People don't desire me. People don't want me because I'm, like, not white Mm. but then just watching it on screen this beautiful female actress beautiful male actress i'm like wow we are so attractive we are so hot we are so (laughs) sexy like this is this is what i need i'm Mm. sorry hit the table no it's good (laughs) but yeah it's just i think like for kids i don't think they realize how difficult it is to not see your person Mm. on screen like mulan is my favorite movie because she was asian and i just related so much even though it was not not that Relatable, I guess, because, like, it was from China, from, like, the Han Dynasty or something. <laughs> Anyways, but, like, also another example is uh, Bao, the short from Incredibles 2, like, the mm-hmm. before. I watched that, and I instantly cried. Like, I, I was bawling tears and everything. And the friend, my friend I was sitting with, who was white, she kind of didn't understand it, And but I was, like, in t- shambles. I was in tears. I was bawling my eyes out. I'm like, this is, like, my mother. This is my family. This is, like, how I relate, because we most Asian cultures are very food-driven and like it, that's how we bond together and we always make food and mm. just very passionate about food. And people didn't realize that in that movie. So seeing comments and seeing my friend not react like I did made me realize that they don't understand. And like I finally understand. And Asian kids who see this will understand that this is, this is their childhood. Mm-hmm. But yeah, as, as a kid, it was just hard not seeing representation, just being outcasted. So it really skewed my mind of what is normal. Yeah, so but recently I've been more accepting and realizing that wow, my childhood was not that good. I can't imagine how mm-hmm.
0: queerness also plays into that. You know, femininity on people who are socialized as men isn't isn't seen as something that's beautiful, it's seen as a joke or it's mm-hmm. seen as something kind of gross. Like my immediately I always think of him from Powerpuff Girls. Do you do you ever watch that? Oh yeah. yeah the you one with the, yeah. Yeah, the the, the the like the creepy villain who like has a beard and also like wears heels and talks mm. in this like weird creepy voice. Like the it, first drag queen. The, the <laughs> first and now now actually growing up I really fucking yeah. love him. I think that uh-huh. he's or they're like such a I just think that they're so badass. Mm. But I think it's because I don't know, because like we're so we're so often told as queer kids or were shown that femininity on men and i put that in air quotes mm-hmm. isn't something that's beautiful or something that's yeah. desirable it seems something that's creepy or weird and i can't imagine how that plays in with race as well it's
1: oh it's it's scary because if you really think about it try to name one person that you know that was on screen that was asian and also queer and like visibly queer It's hard to find. And also, like, finding stereotypes, too, where, like, Asian people have that collared streak in their hair and they dye their hair neon color or whatever, Mm -hmm. or, like, the nerd that nobody likes or, like, the nerdy friend that's big. It's, Mm -hmm. like, it's... Finding a queer Asian person is the hardest thing. I can't even name one. Actually, I can't name one at all. Yeah. Which is scary, because, like, I... Growing (gasps) up, I only related to... Yeah, like I, I don't know. I couldn't really train anybody. It was hard. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I the new like, no, it's just the new <laughs>
0: Deadpool movie. I remember there's a uh, oh yeah yeah the, yeah the queer girlfriend yeah um yeah it's it's re- and I I think immediately actually to Mulan you know when they mm-hmm. when the the male soldiers have to dress in in drag essentially to get it's into the interesting castle.
1: yeah like looking back it really was ahead of its time in a way because
0: yeah but like it's also it's kind of played for laughs
1: yeah I mean, of that course is true. It was. You know, yeah. meanwhile,
0: Mulan um, dressing as a man w- w- was was also played with. I think kind of mm. comedically. It obviously.
1: was, yeah. I think, I think like the only way though that they could actually like slip in was to be comedic, which is sad if you to think about it, because mm-hmm. it's like you can't take this seriously. Like Mulan, it, she probably didn't actually get made fun of. Like mm-hmm. probably people didn't really notice if it was actually real. to really read the fairy tale, but <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It, it's it's sad that back then you couldn't just do all this stuff and be queer and be a person of color without making a joke but now it's getting better like it's slowly getting better it's getting there to where you can just be whoever you are but also tell a story and be fine with it
0: these new queens goddamn, ruby are your chopsticks made of wood
1: would you yeah okay they are
0: they're made of wood everyone hands
1: together one more time ruby chopsticks
0: Some of my favorite drag, I think, is really political, mm-hmm. and just from what I've seen, I love, I love those kind of statements that people can make when mm-hmm. you're when you're performing as this emphasized version of X Y Z.
1: Yeah, honestly, like I, I think drag is just inherently political, and for people who, especially, well, I'm ner- I'm very nervous about total off topic. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very nervous about just the newer generations and just like how they interpret what drag is. I was privileged to be in the prairie theater exchange class which i uh which was a drag class with two of the best mothers i could ever ask for vita lamor and pharaoh mm-hmm. they taught me so much about what drag came from and the history of these iconic queens who had to suffer through all these things and just like figures where we should really know and just movies we should really watch and i found out that just like drag isn't just a fun thing like it can be obviously but it wasn't just a like a fun thing for people back then mm-hmm. and i think for the newer generations, it's going to be hard because you have YouTube now and you have Instagram and whatever and RuPaul's Drag Race and all these shows where it's been shying away from being political, mm-hmm. which is not what drag is. Like, I think you should really, like, ha- have any, really learn what drag came from yeah, and then decide what you want to do instead of being like, you know what? I just want to have fun. I just want to do drag on Halloween, which you can. Mm-hmm. And then, expand from that not just stay in a fun kind of environment like i i at first when i found drag i was like oh it's fun like i just want to do it just cause you know whatever but now i've grown and i'm like i have have i have goals in the future of what i want to do with my drag and that before i just wanted to perform at lip syncs and just like at clubs and just do all these performances but now my real goal in like my drag career is I wanna show the youth that this, it's okay to do this. Like I wanna spread the word and just show up at high schools, make events for mm-hmm. people of all ages, like Queer Bingo, where you could start six and anybody can show up mm-hmm. and just show that it's okay to do this, that you can have dreams from any any place, any, any area of the world or any anything, literally anything. Mm-hmm. And you can be queer, you can be Asian, you can be whatever color, you can be anybody and just do this. Because I want to inspire the youth to do mm-hmm. something instead of play, instead of do it for myself. Oh no, so that's a lie. And do it for <laughs> like older people. Because mm-hmm. yeah, I think making an impression for the youth is better than uh, what is the word? Uh, impress, uh, Impressing. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, like, impressing like the older queens here. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I love them, but I care more about the youth that are suffering or not being able to ins- express themselves.
0: Yeah, I think that drag queens especially hold a really, really important place in the hearts of uh, of uh, trans and non-binary people mm-hmm. because, like you were saying, it's kind of showing like kids like it's okay, it's okay to play with gender, it's okay to mm-hmm. play with all sides of femininity, masculinity. It's okay to blur those lines, and that's that's really what drag was for me. It was kind of mm-hmm. like this like this celebration of blurring the lines. Yeah, it's yeah
1: it's great to see people who do that too where it's just like you 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 can't tell what is what but that's mm. good because then it explores your own mind and yeah. it, it broadens the horizon like mm-hmm. a cliche to say but it's that's what i like about it that's just you don't see the same thing and that it helps you as a person grow even if you just see it not do it mm. but then you can just question yourself and be like oh can i do this like yeah like as a as a as a man, as a as a man, that's stupid. As a boy, <laughs> as a guy, whatever. Anyways, like a year oops, a year ago, I wouldn't wear earrings. I wouldn't wear long earrings. I wouldn't do. I wouldn't dress so feminine. Mm-hmm. But then finding drag and just like watching and just like doing it, I become more flu not flu yeah fluid I guess you yeah. Can say yeah just being able to be like you know what I like this I'll dress like this it's fine like whatever I just want to feel nice I just want to feel like happy walking out and do whatever I want. Mm-hmm. So I've been, I've been more accepting of doing that and it's still like a road to get there, but I've been more tempted to just kind of step in that terrain.
0: Yes. Yeah. It's, it's hard sometimes, but mm-hmm. by expressing yourself the way that you truly are authentically, that really allows other people to accept you and get close to you mm-hmm. for you as well. Yeah. I think at least that's what I've found kind of, you know, coming out as non-binary mm-hmm playing with kind of those lines of what that what it means to be a man, what it means to be a woman, what it means yeah. to be somewhere in between. What does your family think about you doing drag?
1: Honestly, my whole family is kind of like doesn't really know, but no, so it's not a huge topic and they're supportive supportive but not crazy supportive. Like they won't go to my shows. Mostly cuz I don't want them to <laughs> because it's just weird for me. Mm-hmm. Um but they're fine with it. They don't have really any like anything bad to say my mom knows for sure mm. my dad i think he knows honestly i'm like i'm not very I don't, i'm not very personal with the dad so i don't really talk like that but mm. i think he knows all my sisters know but yeah it's like mm, like kind of in the middle mm. it's not they don't hate it but then don't like, support it i guess it's it's kind of hard in a way but also i i've gone to the point where i'm like you know what like i'm doing this like you can't stop me from doing this so i I just want to have fun. Like, I just want to just do this because I, it helps me to be who I am and just like express myself. But yeah, like I, I don't openly talk about it with my family just cause I don't know if they're okay with it and I don't want to just like push buttons. So it's just, for me, it's just better off not really discussing it with them. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I know like my, I, yeah, if I, if they saw me in person, I, they probably wouldn't really say anything, but also would be kind of like, Oh, <laughs> okay. We are gonna need dinner now. Mm. kind of thing. So it's, Mm. yeah.
0: Do you think that there's a cultural aspect to that kind of discomfort around that? Or do you think it's just like, you know, good old fashioned, uh, hegemonic views about masculinity and femininity,
1: uh, like being Asian or just like being, maybe, um, I hate like a question because I, I don't actually know too much about it. I don't hear anything bad, Mm -hmm. Like, I don't think anything is banned from that. I think you can really do anything in Vietnam. Mm -hmm. Um, But I didn't know too much about my culture. Like, I was very, uh, in a way, kind of ashamed. I was kind of like, ugh, I don't really care too much about it. So Mm -hmm. I don't think there's anything in my culture that really prevented me from being queer and just being Asian. Mm -hmm. I think it was just not seeing it so much on media that Mm -hmm. it was hard to, like, uh, accept who I was. Like, I honestly i don't think there's a lot of vietnamese people on media it's mm-hmm. usually like chinese people like japanese people um yeah honestly there's just those two like i think the world thing there's only two type of asian type mm-hmm. of asians but yeah whatever whole other thing <laughs> but not the point um but yeah i think it was and it was also me not really knowing how to speak vietnamese or understand it very much so watching shows like that it was hard to just kind of understand but I don't know. I think the, I think the Vietnamese culture is pretty ex- accepting, at least now, okay. for queer people. Uh, it was just me not being able to like see it on like YTV and Family Channel.
0: So, um, <laughs> so you kind of were talking about impressing the older queens.
1: Yeah. Um, I kind
0: of want to talk about that because yeah. because we were we were we were chatting before how scary some of these older queens are and oh. how fierce they are and yeah. how serious they are. What's what's that kind of like? Because you were raised by such legendary queens.
1: It was. Uh, it was so scary it's like uh, honestly because like you're, you're a baby queen you don't really know much and like these people have been doing drag for how many years and it, in a time where drag wasn't that big well mm-hmm. big meaning not mainstream yes like drag was very hidden if you think about it because now you have RuPaul's drag race on Netflix so everybody knows about it mm-hmm. everybody knows about that kind of drag but these queens like have been doing it for 20 50, 50 how, how many however many years mm-hmm. and you're just starting up because you saw it on mainstream or you just saw like photos. So it was kind of like, Oh my God, hopefully they don't think I'm a wannabe drag queen. Mm -hmm. Cause that was, that was my fear was that they think I'm just doing it just cause it's fun. And like, Oh, you just want to do it for like whatever reason. Mm -hmm. So it was just like, okay, I'm here. But I (laughs) like now doing it for like four months. I think I've been more comfortable with most of them, but I'm still kind of, I still feel like I'm, I need to impress them in a way just cause, I am like Vita Lamor de Cosmo's child and Pharaoh Mone's child. So like you're in a standard where you're like, you have to do this. Yeah. But it was scary. It's scary. (laughs) And
0: that's a lot to live up to. It Especially because they kind of very represent, in my Mm -hmm. mind, very different sides of drag.
1: They're completely different. Oh, not completely different, completely different drag styles. Yes. uh, Which I was very happy for the PTE uh, Prairie Theater Exchange class Mm -hmm. was that Pharaoh is is very much a club kid. She does whatever she wants and she will dress whatever she wants and like there, you, you can't distinguish her from anybody else like you know who pheromones is when you see her mm-hmm. and then vita lamor de cosmo is very like pageantine very very pretty and like elegant. proper and like elegant yeah, mm-hmm. yeah exactly elegant she's basically a queen she's an empress mm-hmm. um so it was fun to see both of them because if if i saw just vita or pharaoh i'd definitely catered myself to just one of them Mm -hmm. but seeing both of them and seeing them mesh together and seeing just how different they are it it made me it basically made me who i was Mm -hmm. like i'm i want to say i'm like an amalgamation but both of them that i'm not too glamour but i'm not too club kid i'm trying to find that in between because i really like both aspects but i wouldn't want to be just a club kid or just like a very elegant queen so i've been trying to figure that out but yeah Queen, older queens, they're scary, but they're very nice and they're very helpful. Just <laughs> terrifying to talk to you because they're older queens. Yeah. You're all old. I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Love you.
0: Thank you for being the nicest, most beautiful drag queen in a mental asylum. And we wish we were not her children. Just kidding. I love you so much. Pause up high. Pause up high for the high bitch Supreme team. So. Prairie Theatre Exchange, mm-hmm. for people who don't know anything about that program that you went through, about what it was kind of about, can you kind of explain a little bit about what
1: uh, was? So yeah, the Prairie Theatre Exchange class, it was basically a drag workshop, or I think it was called a drag performance class, mm-hmm. so it was an eight-week program that was like 200-something dollars, uh, hosted by, or yeah, hosted by Vita Limor de Cosmo and Pharaoh Mounds, mm-hmm. so basically we met... Uh, once a week on Thursdays for like three hours just kind of going through drag stuff mm-hmm. and at first I thought it was just all like you just learn how to do drag like just makeup, hair, tucking, mm-hmm. all that stuff uh-huh. but it was much more than that. It was so much more than that because every class they would teach us about history. They talked about Stonewall, Marsha P. Johnson, uh, Divine, all of these iconic queens mm-hmm. and then also the local stuff too and just how to do certain things and etiquette and all this all these things it it was amazing it was honestly the best thing best experience i've had in my life because it was so welcoming and they weren't they were very helpful and they were mm-hmm. basically mothers because they were just like okay like you're our kids like let's like let's help you like you have trouble with your eyebrows let's figure something out let's try to do this mm-hmm. and they were just it was just like a nice family and there were five people mm-hmm which is kind of sad, but it was a good, good, good group of five people. Uh, I didn't know anybody. Uh, two people knew each other, but others didn't. Mm-hmm. So we basically did not know any—we didn't know anybody. <laughs> so yeah. we were just all like, okay, cool, great. This is mm-hmm. this is going to be scary. And we're all so different. I was—actually, funny, I was the only male-representing guy. Mm-hmm. Everybody else was a female. Yeah, I saw that. So it, it was I read that. shocking because it was like— I, I thought drag was so big, so all these creepy people were going to do it that were men, but— I was the only guy, so it was the best thing ever, seeing, like, a drag king, and then also drag queens there, too. I was like, whoa, this is amazing. And we were probably the closest drag family ever. Like, we love each other. I always hang out with Peppermint Fatty. She's the best person ever. Oh, God, she is. Lex, I love her. I love him, too. He's so funny. And then Scar Browning, so, like, she's, like, the oldest sister of everybody. She loves everybody. She will help, and she will tell you if something is wrong. If you're doing something (laughs) wrong or something stupid, she will let you know. And then Shanita D is just so loving. We just always support you. And it's like, oh, how are you? And just uh, it's just great. Mm-hmm. And then Vita and then Pharaoh are just mothers that are just like always loving you and just making sure that you're fine and happy. And then oh, do you want to do this performance? Yeah, it was great. And. Having that last performance at PTE, which was leading up, so, like, you prepare everything and then have a dress rehearsal and then the performance, Mm -hmm. it was the best performance ever. Like, it was so much fun. Everyone was so supportive. Whoever came was just loving you and just, like, helping you, no matter if you were shit or not. (laughs) But they were, like, going to support you no matter what. And it was was so great to have that kind of first performance at Prairie Theatre Exchange instead of a club Mm -hmm. because it's such a different setting. When you're in a club, it's so different because people drink, people party, people are, like, just crazy mm-hmm. but then at a private theater exchange where people are sitting and actually watching you and being attentive mm-hmm. it just felt so nice because if i did it at a club i don't know if i'd do it again yeah because i i personally don't like clubs just because the atmosphere is just not comfortable with me but having people sit and watch and just interact it's so much better
0: I kind of want to go back to the fact that you were the only male in this group of, mm-hmm. and was this the, was this the House of Bath or is this the Lamore Coven?
1: Uh, both. So I'm adopted into both of them. Okay. I am part of the Lemore Coven and also House of Bath.
0: House of Bath. Who's the mother of House of Bath?
1: Uh, Pharaoh Mounts. Oh, yeah.
0: Pharaoh is. Okay. Yeah. And, and Pharaoh's daughter is also Lady Quinzar.
1: Yes. Yes. Okay. okay.
0: Gotcha. <laughs> um, the hierarchy of drag is still something that I'm very much trying to navigate.
1: Oh, it's. Honestly, so confusing. Like I, (laughs) learning about it, I was I'm basically related to almost all the drag queens in the city in some form or the other. I can imagine because
0: I mean, there's there's way more drag queens than I think people expect. Yeah, first of all, it's but still kind of smaller. It's
1: a huge. We have a we have a big-ish kind of drag scene, Mm. but also not as big as like New York or like any other places. But it's we're all pretty related somehow. Uh-huh. Uh huh. From one form or the other,
0: <laughs> Star was trying to give me the family tree, and I was like, "Uh." And we were in a club, so I, uh, so I was <laughs> mixing up Vita and Lita.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, if I remember, okay. So yeah, Vita Lamore. I'm part of Vita Lamors. So I'm Lamore Coven, and also House of Bath. So I'm related to Lady Quin. I'm related to Lady Quinzar. Mm. Also related to Cake, I think. Mm-hmm. And then I'm I have aunties with Prairie. I can't keep track. I just know I relate to you somehow. Yeah. But yeah. It's, it's honestly absurd. It's so big. <laughs> it's too much. That's and so adding nice. five more people to, to it, it's just like, okay, great. And all
0: five were inducted to both houses.
1: Yeah. So we were, gotcha. yeah. So that was great. And it's, it's nice to be like in the family. It's like great. Yeah. yeah.
0: That's I, yeah, it's, it's, it's such an interesting dynamic. Um, but being the only male in, in, a group of new upcoming drag queens, I think, is particularly interesting because everybody that I speak to who doesn't understand drag or mm-hmm. even understands drag to a very limited yeah or to a more like limited you know people who see RuPaul's Drag Race you see only cis men yeah the occasional trans woman or non-binary person who typically come out after they've been on the show mm-hmm. typically people's conception of drag is that it's men dressing up as women
1: yeah performing it's. It's interesting how that that's changing now, because I think that was very prominent in like the night, like it, whenever like drag kind of first started, like eighties, nineties. Mm. Shakespeare, basically, they did drag, <laughs> so it was mostly just men. Yeah. But like now it's broadened. Like I've the, uh, there was like the term bio queen, hyper queen, which is like a mm. uh, female representing person doing drag, and also a bio king, which is the same thing. Mm-hmm. But it, I think those terms should just vanish because you know we're just all drag queens, we're all drag kings, we're all drag people where or as the term is kind of getting bigger drag artists Mm -hmm. so yeah it's it's very interesting that was the only drag queen with that's a male Mm -hmm. because it was it was interesting which i'm really happy that there's more drag uh like female representing queens out there doing it yeah because that's something that we need something that i think female representing people (laughs) need Mm -hmm. because it's like then you can do it and it's okay to be doing it like it's just fun and also like you you want to express yourself, and I don't think you should be limited to what you can do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because drag is universal. Anybody could do drag. You don't have to be a drag queen. You can be a drag artist. Be drag whatever you want to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, drag alien, if you don't need. Drag, drag monster. Alien. Drag vampire, I think. There's all these terms I still don't even know. <laughs> can I be a drag swamp monster? So, yeah, honestly, I think that's still th- I think that's a thing. I already am. Uh, Sorry do about it. it. <laughs> do
0: it. Uh, so what do you think was the number one takeaway that you got from the prairie theater exchange experience
1: i think that anybody can do drag and that there isn't one specific type of drag because i was very my, my mind was very like specific of what i wanted to do and what kind of drag was mm-hmm. but seeing like if you if you see photos of the five of us the five pte kids the mm-hmm. og for whoever's doing a next sorry <laughs> the og is the best anyways not the point um, but Another you, read. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> if you see the five of us, we all look so completely different. Like nobody looks alike, and it's interesting because you're in this class and you think that people would kind of look the same mm-hmm. because you're you have two teachers and you're they're teaching you kind of the same thing mm-hmm. for each person, but we all look completely different. We all have different styles. We have different types of performances. Like Peppermint Fatty is a club kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lex Conchalada is a drag king that is a comedi- is comedian is like- <laughs> comedian. Wow, I can't speak. <laughs> uh, Skirt Browning is very ice capades and then Ice capades? Yeah. Like she loves she- she's a very ice capades kind of person. What's ice capades? I think like an ice skater. She said ice capades. Oh.
0: Yeah. I okay. think that's the
1: right word. Maybe I'm saying it wrong. Ice capades. Ice capades? I think Interesting. Maybe I'm lying. Anyways, she's very <laughs> ice skaterish. Uh, and then very also showgirl. And then um, she needed is very, uh, like a party girl, like a very cute party girl kind of person. And then I'm just me, I'm <laughs> just there. I'm a, I, I don't even know how to describe my drag, honestly. Like it's, it's. I don't even know what it is, but yeah, we're all so different. So I, I think it was, that was my takeaway that anybody can do drag and there's no one correct way to do it. Mm. Like it, it. do whatever you feel right. Like if you want to just like be a clown, be a clown. Honestly, like <laughs> it doesn't matter. If you want to look like a chair, look like a chair I don't know just like <laughs> you can do whatever you want and you can look like whatever you want mm. so I think it was just very that was my main takeaway that you you have no limits the mm. sky's the limits <laughs> yeah
0: yeah and it's so cool since you're such a fairly young queen to be able just as an outsider purely mm-hmm. to be able to see the way that your drag your drag specifically has evolved and is currently changing yeah it's um from when I first saw you to you know when I last saw you perform mm-hmm
1: it's incredible it's yeah no like the first time i got first time somebody got me to drag it's completely different to what i look like now <laughs> like i should know how to paint my face because yeah like people like i uh, got my face done three four times when i was trying to start doing drag but then yeah but like even the first time i did my face at pte is completely different from how i do it now mm-hmm. like i used to have put white above my eye to make it look bigger because white people uh, I have no eyes, so I try to make my eye look bigger and make it look open. But now I don't do that as much. I kind of just make it like how it is. So yeah, yeah it's it's constantly changing. And honestly, the next, next look it might look completely different. Like it's I've started, so I it's hard to it's hard to limit yourself now when you first start mm-hmm. because it's drag is always changing and it's you won't find your footing until a couple years from now, maybe like farther than that. Like for Pharaoh, I think, I'm assuming they didn't find their drag until like, oh no, they said their pinnacle was like now, which Mm -hmm. is they've been doing it for, I don't know, six, five years maybe, like a long time. Mm -hmm. And Vita too has been doing it for like 18 years. Yeah. She started in 1999. So it's been, been a long time she's been doing it. And I think she started finding it a few years ago. So yeah, I'm going to change in the next (laughs) year probably.
0: Wow. Oh my gosh, that's so exciting. Um, so tell me a little bit about Queerios.
1: Queerios? Oh yeah. yeah, so I had a radio, like I'm not on it anymore just because of school and other things.
0: Oh, I didn't uh, know.
1: Yeah, so I stopped in end of July. Yeah, so I had a radio show called Queerios where uh, that was at CQW. Uh, so it was basically catered to like queer people and just kind of being a morning talk show. Mm. It was very like a round table coffee, coffee talk, coffee house talk, I guess mm. that's what it's called. Yeah, so we would just banter about things and just about talk about queer events that were happening and also have guests from local businesses and local drag queens from the city. Mm. Yeah, I we wanted it to be basically a platform for queer people. Like, it was mostly for us, but also mostly for anybody else listening because it was, it was in the morning. It was at 7 in the morning. <laughs> wow, thinking about it now, I'm like, that was crazy. But, yeah, we wanted to have that morning talk show where people like queer people could hear and be like oh wow like you can you can do this on the radio be mm-hmm. like queer and embrace it and really show that this is what the show is so that's that was curious we we wanted to inspire the youth and hopefully kids would listen to it but who knows i don't really I don't know, know. Yeah, yeah
0: and okay so as someone else who is trying to do an audio based platform for queer people <laughs> what do you have any tips for me
1: any tips um have fun with it and stay true to what you want the show to be don't let anybody change change it in any way like take criticism and kind of adapt to it but have that main mission statement i guess you can say and just stick with that because that's what i think uh was hard about careers was that it was a collaborative thing so we had to kind of make sure everybody was in the same mindset Mm -hmm. but yeah like make sure that you you're doing it because you want to do it and it's not work like love doing it and also Make sure that this is this is the main goal. This is the reason I want to do it. And don't forget that. Because if you forget it, that's when you'll start hating things and also it'll become work to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, is
0: there anything else you wanted to add or talk about? Or even,
1: I don't know, push. <laughs> push. I don't know when I'll perform next, honestly. <laughs> like, school starting up, so I might not perform for a while. But, yeah, I'll be a drag queen bingo next time. It was great. It's always fun. But, yeah, if you ever... S- Want to see me perform? Tip me lots. It's, <laughs> it's great to have money because I'm going to be broke for another couple years. But yeah. yeah. Oh, support so your local drag queens. I cannot emphasize that enough. Like we have a drag scene and we don't have a lot of drag performances. Is It's because people don't show up. Mm-hmm. If you're going to show up to Mayhem Miller or whatever other drag queen that comes to the city, come to local drag. It's just as good.
0: Mm-hmm. If not and better.
1: Yeah, if not better. And it's cheap. It's five dollars. Yeah. Or five ten dollars maybe at max. Yeah, just come watch.
0: Yeah. When's Mayhem Miller gonna fucking pull out a katana on stage? Yeah, exactly. I you.
1: exactly Exactly. <laughs> you won't see any of these drag queens drag race queens do it. So just come support <laughs> a Club Two Hundred, it's mostly there. It's just fun and honestly it's welcoming. And drag queens are nice, so just say hi. Just say you love them, say you support them. We love the attention, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Support local drag. That's all I'm saying.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank
1: you for having me.
0: Thank you so much to Ruby for sitting down with me. Our next guest is another established queen famous for her freaky style, her makeup brand, and of course her legendary sense of humor. Here's a clip from her interview. Is this something I've kind of found in the past few years more so, like past like five years, mm-hmm. I've noticed I've got funnier and funnier. I think that's because I'm getting like stupider and stupider as, <laughs> you know, too much weed <laughs> flies my brain. But I don't know uh, where that comes from. I think it just comes from being comfortable with myself, I guess, and comfortable with the way I'm able to make fun of people or myself or uh-huh. always trying to like push the envelope if, with what's right to say or what's wrong to say. Mm-hmm. I think that's where it comes from. Another huge thank you to Claire Boning of Veneer for this incredible intro and outro music. You killed it. And another huge thank you to Redford College for letting me use your audio equipment. Until next time, remember to always tip your local drag queens.